it's the next level. Symbols are nothing without the women and men that give them meaning. And this thing I don't know if there's ever been a greater symbol. But it's more about the man who propped it up. And he's gone. So today we honor Steve's legacy, but also we look to the future. Thank you, Captain America. But this belongs to you. Welcome to the show. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And the band is back together again. Ooh, it's been a while, Mark. <laughs> We've both been kind of off doing with other people. It felt like I was cheating on you for a little while. And yeah, uh, I was like, oh, wow. So yeah, I hear your voice with somebody else's and I'd be like, wait, this isn't adrenaline. What is this? <laughs> this is a dirty <laughs> podcast. What's going on here? <laughs> but we we decided to, fans, if you're listeners out there, we're, we decided with... Snowpiercer, we had to give it its due diligence and have it give a full episode, and that's why Daphne and Steve did that. And then during WandaVision, Ben and I, and at one point, Damien and I did and you had Greg on an episode for one. and Greg as well. So yeah, we we decided, you know, we we had to give those episodes what they needed for each episode. So I, I thought it was beneficial that we get, you know full interaction mm -hmm. within those episodes so it, it worked out and i you know you've been doing great with daphne with snowpiercer and it's still not over yet too so no, we still got the, we got the season finale to do so uh so we will be back for one more episode yeah and it's awesome too and you guys have been doing great and i love it i still have yet to catch up so i'll be doing that one weekend and I'll be watching everything and I'll do my final analysis and submitting that and then leaving that up to you and Daphne at the same time. So with that, well, we're going to be moving into uh, <laughs> Falcon and the Winter Soldier, season one, episode one. And this will be, yes, listeners, this will be a spoiler filled episode of this podcast. So if you've not watched the episode if you are not familiar with the comic or the comics in the history of Falcon and the Winter Soldier or any anything that's therein within the uh, Marvel Universe and anything within IMDb, you know, breeze ahead after you watched. If you're not interested in the idea of being spoiled about like IMDb stuff, <laughs> don't listen to us. Just move on to another podcast because we, we're going to bring in a lot of stuff within this particular episode because and going forward honestly because we're going to bring up a lot of stuff that's partial to the uh marvel comics line for the characters as well what we know within medium 
you know, the media that's out there for the uh, the actresses and characters. Absolutely. Yep. So with that, uh, Steve, you want to give us the uh, synopsis of this? Absolutely. So this is uh, Season 1, Episode 1, New World Order of the Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And the synopsis we have for it is Sam Wilson and Bucky Barnes realize that their futures are anything but normal. Hmm. Just short and to the point. So yeah, yeah, short to the point. But honestly, it says a lot all within that because both are mm-hmm. going through their own worlds within this uh, episode. Yeah, you know, it's the realization this is beyond the snap. This is beyond Steve being gone. And as we see it within the episode, Sam hands over the shield that Steve gave him. So, what were your initial thoughts? So I have to admit, the first time I watched it, I was a bit underwhelmed. I loved that that first opening scene. But then after that, I just kind of like I, I was expecting. I don't know what I was expecting. I was trying to figure that out before we started recording what I was expecting that disappointed me on the very first watch. And I think I think for some reason I had it in my head that it was going to be like an episodic to where it would be the two of them going on missions, like a mission impossible kind of thing <laughs> every, every week, a different mission. And yeah. when it didn't do that, I was kind of like, well, and like, we didn't even see them together at all in the first episode. And I'm like, nope. we only got six episodes guys. Come on. We can't, we can't waste time. But then the second time I watched it, I really focused on what some other people had mentioned in, in that I saw in Facebook posts. And I really focused on the characters and the writing and the acting. And wow, I was uh, definitely impressed. And I appreciated it way more on that second viewing. Hmm. Yeah, I do have to agree with that. You know, honestly, when you saw the Super Bowl ad for it, it looked like a tango and cash mm-hmm. kind of attitude. and. I'm looking forward to that because that's what this is building up to. Mm-hmm. I know that Sam and Bucky have always been Steve's best friend, both of them, at one point in Steve's life. Mm-hmm. You know, and the first part was always Bucky, and then at the very second half or last half of uh, Steve's life, it was Sam, mm-hmm. and they are both pretty much the same person if you think about it, but so different. Mm-hmm. And at first view, at first viewing, I, I thought it had so much potential. And then my second viewing of this episode, that changed. I realized this is a world without Captain America. So now there is Bucky and Sam, both living in a world without Cap. They don't have Steve. They don't have their friend. If you look at Sam, he actually has to live in a world where there's still racism within this world. And with Bucky, he's a man still out of time, but doesn't know how to handle all the regrets. And I'm not going to go, uh, I'll, I'll say it, regrets. Yeah. <laughs> from that one movie. <laughs> but he, he regrets all the things that he had done while he was the Winter Soldier. And he's trying to make amends of it. And I, I think that's really what, where this all boils down to is that, they're both seeing some sort of psychiatrist or a therapist that brings them together within government to do something that is proper for what they need for the government itself. Mm-hmm. Because they do work well together. They do. You know, they might yeah, argue. I'm, but I'm looking forward to that part of the story, getting there to that. Because I love you put it really well because they were both separately yeah. Cap's best friend. 
but they i don't think we saw them the two of them interact the only time much. we saw them interact was uh what uh civil war in the back of the volkswagen can you move okay. your seat up no Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, so really, it's going to be interesting over these six episodes to see that relationship develop and to see how they get to that point. So, I yeah. think deep down they're really good friends. It's just they don't really want to say it. Yeah. <laughs> so, this is now a new world with those heroes that, you know, help create and influence ones that needed the limelight, you know. Bucky mm-hmm. was always Cap's friend. Sam was always Cap's new friend, but both know Cap well. So what Steve was and has always been. So Steve kept his friends well with people and life within himself very close. So, yeah. you know, he, he doesn't really hold close to close friends very easily if you think about it. Yeah, you know, sadly enough, you know, Bucky is the one that knows him the longest because, you know, he's what, 160 years old or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> well, but they only had so many years together. I mean, he's known him the longest, but they only yeah. had. And, you know, it's it's interesting everybody talking about Steve Rogers being gone, but isn't I mean, from the end of Endgame, he's still alive. He hasn't died. Did he die at the end of Endgame? No. No, he just he's just old. Right? He's, he just got really old. He went back yeah. in time and, and lived changed with, things and right. put the stones back and then lived his life with Peggy Carter. Yeah. Yeah. So, OK. OK. Yeah. So with that, you know, we, you know, Steve or Captain America got to live his life mm-hmm. and, you know, have yeah. a life at that mm-hmm. point. But he still had an effect on his friends. Yeah. Within that time. It's going to be interesting. So. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, and I, like I said, I still see it as a tango and cash. It's a tango and cash. We'll see. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> so with that, we should move into our top fives. Absolutely. So, on behalf of the Department of Defense and our Commander-in-Chief, it is with great honor that we announce here today that the United States of America has a new hero. Join me in welcoming... Your new Captain America. So do you want to start us off? I can start, sure. Sure. I, for me, my my first one, or my number five, is that opening. I talked about already a little bit. That, that opening with uh, was just spectacular. That whole fight in the air and then seeing GSP, and I had forgotten about him mm-hmm. you know his role in you know, like he was civil war or winter soldier whichever one it was that he was in was good but i it there was one thing that kind of bothered me especially on the second watch mm-hmm. it was really violent for a yes. disney show oh there was a lot of cursing in this there, show there was at. cursing there was killing yep you know he kills at least two guys on the plane or well i guess technically he threw one off the plane mm-hmm. and then one then the pilot gets killed by a, a bullet bouncing off his wings he's blowing up choppers he's dropping guys out of out of helicopters so it's it's it, it just it was really a very adult uh kind of thing i mean probably maybe like a pg-13 kind of kind of thing and then even in bucky's nightmare like that was that was tense, man. He's mm. murdering people. I mean, he murdered that kid. We didn't see it on screen, but you know it happened. Mm. You know, and then later on, we meet the kid's dad, and you figure out that that's who he's trying to make amends with. And 
we'll talk some more about that later. But it just the the violence of it really kind of surprised me a little bit. And I wonder if that's going to hold true for the rest of the episodes or if they're going to kind of tone it down after. Because, you know, WandaVision was so almost kid friendly, you know, it was more family friendly, but it still had dark overtones Mm -hmm. and they didn't curse within that particular series. And oddly enough, this was supposed to be the first series that was to launch the Marvel part of the Disney Plus line. Wouldn't it have been interesting if this show had come before? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And when you talk about GSP, were you talking about Batrock or you were you talking? Batrock, yeah, George St. Pierre plays okay. Batrock. Right? Okay. He, he played him in, the, in whichever movie it was. And then yeah, that was the first time we have seen him since that, since that movie. movie. Right. Yeah. Right. That's what I thought. Yeah. I don't know who the other guy is. We'll talk about the Flag Smashers in a bit. But. Yeah, but I, I think Batrock's going to be like a big character within this season as well, regardless of just this one episode. Yeah, we'll see. All right. So that was your number five. So mm-hmm. my number five would be, you know, like you stated, the introduction to the show with Sam doing what he does best. He's still within the military and working with them, and he's still trying to do the right within the world with what he knows how to do best, which is what he knows. and. He's a little bit cocky. He's still doing what he does. Mm-hmm. And, and it was very harsh, but made a statement within the first moments because he had literally, he was an Avenger. He, he knew what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And he kind of brushed off the uh, brass staff, as it were. But the fact is, is that in the end, at the very end of the episode, we find out that according to them, he's a nobody. You know, he's somebody to write off. He's not Captain America. He's not somebody of standard or stature. Right. And and it's really upsetting to me because I think Sam and anybody else that was involved within Endgame should be held in some sort of hierarchy, you know? Yeah. I have this somewhere in my notes. I can't remember if it's in my top fives or if it's just in my notes. I think it's down in my notes in my top five somewhere. This Mm -hmm. this whole idea of this Marvel Universe where – the the superheroes are kind of well known, mm-hmm. you know. They have kind of a celebrity status, but not really. It's like the, people know them, but they're not they're not making money off from their their fame, kind of thing. Like when he explains in the the bank about how well you know people treat us good and and like that. And he said he's got government contracts. He told when he's talking to Torres when he's trying to to rebuild or repair Redbird. You know, he says, I, I've been working with the Air Force for six months. Mm-hmm. He tells the guy he's got guaranteed contracts with the government. And so that's, yeah. that's money. And it just, it was one of those things where I'm kind of with you. It was, it was, it was a little, I don't want to say alarming. It was, it was, it was a little off putting to realize that these superheroes are kind of like just scrimping to survive. Yeah, you know, and, and yeah, they're thrown on the wayside. Oh, you did all this great stuff. Oh, thank you, and then we'll move on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah to me, that that was an issue. Mm-hmm. I wonder if that's going to be something they're going to play with in in future movies, or because you know, Doctor Strange is is uh, is pretty wealthy, and not really. <laughs> I mean, well, but he should. He, I, it looks like he. I don't know. I don't. I just watched Doctor Strange, the first movie again. Well, do you recently. remember in uh, what was it, Infinity War, or at the very beginning of? No, it's the very beginning of Endgame, and um, his assistant, I forget his name. He goes, 
You guys, well, how much do you have? I got five bucks. Well, that will get you a sandwich downtown. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's, it's interesting to think of the finances of these, uh, of the, these superheroes that they have to, they, ha- they have some kind of a way of making a living. Exactly. You know? So, <laughs> uh, so my next one is the flag smashers. We already started talking a little bit about them. Mm-hmm. I was confused uh, about some things. Are they a, a criminal group? Are they like a, a are like an internet? I, I couldn't figure it out because Torres is like they they want to knock down the borders. They don't want to have any any governments or something like that. And, and he's like, but then there's this whole robbery scene where the guy sets up this flash mob distraction, and <laughs> you know he's got two people working for him who he passes the the bags off to. I was very confused both wait, wait, times. Wait, wait. So you're saying there were people dancing in the streets like a flash mob? <laughs> That's what it looked like to me. They all that would put be those, amazing. They, That's they all awesome. Put those, they all put those masks on and they just started running around like they were crazy people. It was some, and the police were like there in like a split second. The police are there beating up on anybody with a mask. And I wanted to go. The guy who robbed the place is like seven feet tall and wide as a Mack truck. <laughs> you know, who are you arresting? Who are you beating up? And who is this guy? You know, it just uh, there was so much of that scene that I was very confused about. And it, it seemed like it was just a, a way to get Sam involved in this whole. They're called the Flag Smashers, but their their insignia is a red hand. Yeah, it just I, it was very confusing. Well, in, there's also the hand. Right, which like, is another whole other thing. That yeah, exactly. Hasn't been brought up in a while since exactly. Electra yeah, and, and maybe you know, this Daredevil, is so. yeah, maybe this is Marvel's way of influencing the hand. Who oh, knows? Wow. Yeah, maybe it's an influence of the hand in the <laughs> the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Who knows? I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. It just it was just very confusing to me, and I don't know if it's something they're going to try to explain more thoroughly later on or, or what they're going to do, but it now, just, if it they, really, yeah. Yeah. Now if they did the foot, that would be a different story because <laughs> it's all different things. That's the turtles. And yeah, I, I think we're going to see Raphael Donatello and Michelangelo. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> so that was your number four, right? Yeah. That was my next one. All right. Well, my number four would be Rhodey talking to Sam about not taking up the shield. So mm-hmm. Sam still holds Cap as the Captain America of what people think that should be as a hero. So he relinquishes the shield to the government. And as we know, due to the Sokovia Accords, that all these weapons of uh, extremism through these heroes are owned by the government. And I brought this up between Ben and I and even um, Damien when we spoke about what, during WandaVision because the uh, Sokovia Accords are still involved. Mm-hmm. So uh, Rhodey uh, winds up pointing out to Sam that he should have taken up the shield that Cap left to him. But the thing is, is that Sam doesn't want to do that. He doesn't feel up to it. He still feels like it's somebody else's property it's steve's property it doesn't belong to him and i give sam credit for that he's showing humility he's showing humbleness Mm -hmm. he still feels that steve is the pedestal to look up to i don't think he feels up to the task yeah he feels like he hasn't earned it 
Yeah, exactly. And within the episode, there is so much prejudice that's going on that is exposed to the world. And Sam doesn't feel worthy to take up that mantle of Captain America right away. Mm-hmm. And that that conversation between Don Cheadle and Anthony Mackie was so good, so intense. And it, it requires two prominent African-American actors to get that done. And they did that very well. And I am proud of them. I'm so happy I got to see that scene. Because it shows so much humility. It shows so much courage to do that. You know. And by the end of the scene, though, it, it allows the government to isolate the, the history and representation of Captain America within a museum. Mm-hmm. And I'm just hoping that Sam changes, though, within this season, his mind and eventually take on that mantle. Yeah. Because, you know, it, honestly, like, with if you look at the comics, the first person that took up the mantle was Bucky in the comic books. Okay. And then after that, it was a version of Captain America that was created by the government to represent him when he walked away. Mm-hmm. Somebody was injected with the super soldier serum. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Cap wound up being another hero called Nomad. And then after that, and most recently within the past 10 years, it was Falcon. Okay. And then you saw Falcon with the wings and it's all the red, white, and blue. And he has the shield. Okay. It was Sam. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Rhodey was involved at all in this person who we see at the end of the episode with the Captain America suit. We'll talk some more about that, I'm sure. Mm -hmm. Um, It'll be interesting to see if he was involved in that or if he even knew anything about it. Mm-hmm. Or, or what, uh, yeah, I'll be interested to, to know that and see how they flesh that out through, you know, with only six episodes, even though they're hour long episodes, it still seems like they got a lot of story they're going to have to tell in a very short amount of time. Oh, definitely. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how they, how they pull this all off and how they pull it together. I mean, I'm, I've got confidence that they can do it, but uh, my next one is, it was kind of interesting. And I started the second time, especially uh, the second time watching it. I kind of was comparing and contrasting what we the vision we got from WandaVision mm-hmm. of the world and the the on the post blip world and the post blip world we have here and I feel like what we saw in WandaVision was we saw how certain individual people felt and dealt with the blip and then post blip like we got Hawthorne's you know as twisted as it was we got his version of well you left us all for 5 years and we had to fend for ourselves and, and all this. And then you had Wanda with her grief. And so we saw how individuals were dealing with the world post blip. I feel like this show is kind of showing us kind of an international or even a global view of how people yes. are dealing with the world post blip. Cause like that one guy uh, in Tunisia that saw Falcon and said, thank you for bringing my wife back to mm-hmm. me. And I thought, wow, that's, that's, I didn't even think about that. There's, there's people across the world that lost loved ones that suddenly got them back, you know? And like, I, I'm assuming it sounds like his sister and his nephews did not disappear in the blip. So like Falcon says, man, when I left, they were babies. And when I come back, they're like little men, you know, cause they're yeah. five years older. Yeah. And, his nephews and the, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I thought, wow, that is interesting that we have this. And we got a little bit of it from Far From Home, 
you know, but it's, it just was, it really was kind of interesting to think of the global scale of billions of people returning and how they're dealing with it. And I'm going to talk some more about that when we, when I talk about Sam. But uh, yeah, that's that's all I had there for that one was just just the the, comparing, the contrasting worlds of the, the post blip world worldview or the individual view. Yeah, it's very hard within this because they're trying to really follow up mm-hmm. after Marvel's biggest movie, and they have to follow up and move on to a new phase. So this is kind of like the transition period mm-hmm. if you think about it. Yeah. I do agree. My number three would be, well, Bucky's therapy. You know, that that was a great insight to Bucky. Mm-hmm. And we really not really seen much about Bucky Barnes. You know, he was like thrown away to Wakanda and he was frozen for a while, then woken up for Endgame, mm-hmm. given his arm back. Then he wound up getting blipped out and then coming back to actually fight for, you know, at the very end of Endgame. Mm-hmm. And then that's something we don't know about Bucky. We we see that he was ignoring texts from Sam ever since then. You know, he's been ignoring Sam for a while because, you know, he's Steve's other friend. Mm-hmm. And he's going through the motion of being someone within this world and not having anyone and having trust issues because he doesn't know anybody, really. The only person he really knew was Steve. Mm-hmm. And people from Wakanda, I guess. You know, you got Sherry. Mm-hmm. And his old friend is long gone at this point. Steve is gone. So, and he needs a, a sense of purpose. So, a lot of this is all about self healing with him, with the therapy and the therapist. And the therapist is like giving him crap and he's giving it back. Mm-hmm. And he, he kind of seeks out certain people. That he touched at certain points. People he has changed their lives. But, you know, amongst the, uh, you know, this is why, you know, the show was originally meant to be the first to be released amongst the Marvel series on Disney Plus, I think. It's really weird. But, But we got WandaVision first. And I think this to me is more about the Avengers and the espionage things that go on, kind of similar to like with like Captain America's Winter Soldier. That was more of like an espionage mission impossible movie. Mm-hmm. I think that's where they're moving with this. And we got that with Captain America with the uh, Winter Soldier. And I love that, but I'm hoping it ties more into the overall Marvel universe, you know? Yeah, because uh, there, there's a lot of things that were missing, and I really want those gaps to be filled. And uh, there's so much more that we can encounter, like I stated before, but with within Sam and within Bucky within mm-hmm. this episode, we see a lot going on with them individually. Yeah. With we Sam with his together. with yeah. with yeah with his sister, Sam with his sister, and then Bucky trying to resolve all the issues with his past. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And this this goes right into my number two, which is which is was Bucky and all the stuff about his PTSD and what he's doing to make amends. Yeah. And I, I love the little rules that the the therapist had given him for the people that he's crossing off his list, the people, the, the bad people that he's getting put in jail. I guess. And, you know, he, she's got these rules that you can't do anything illegal. Nobody can get hurt. And, uh, and whatever the third one was, it's now escaping me. It was the third one. 
gosh, that's horrible. I just watched it a, a couple hours ago, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, it was really interesting to see that and how he's got like on one side of the page, he's got the people like the Senator who he helped get her into office, even though she worked for Hydra. And now that, that Hydra's disbanded, she's still doing the same dirty deals and things. And so he got her arrested. And then on the other side, he's got the people who he's hurt, who he's trying to make amends to. And he never does say anything to Yori about that he's the one or what happened to Yori's son. I think, I wonder if that's going to play out later in the season, if we're going to see him actually have to deal with that with Yori. But Sebastian Stan is amazing. Like, we did not get this depth of acting from him in the movies that that we saw. I don't think he, he didn't have that chance to have that that range, you know, and I think he's just amazing at it. And I I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do even outside of the Marvel Universe. Once we start seeing those kind of break, he, if he's able to kind of break out and not uh, not get caught up into just being the superhero, the action movie guy. Let's see how he can do with some real because he's an actor, man. And I was just blown away by his performance. Yeah, he came a long way from Hot Tub Time Machine Part Two. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> or or just kind of grunting in in the, the earlier movies, you know, just kind of, uh, you uh. know, <laughs> or being uh, Luke Luke uh, Luke. Well, I'm saying Luke Hamill, <laughs> Mark <laughs> Hamill's uh, lookalike. Oh, and I didn't know that. Okay. If you think about it, if you look at Sebastian Stan and Mark Hamill together, they look a lot like, huh, and okay. he could literally play hmm. Luke Skywalker if yeah. you wanted to, and it would be amazing if they brought him in as that. Just <laughs> dye his hair blonde. Come on, do it. <laughs> hey, they did it for Mark Hamill for the first movie, so. Yeah, exactly. Well, actually, I guess it was dyed for Corvette Summer, and it was still dyed. That's why in the later movies, he's got darker hair, but. Yeah. <laughs> But I love Corvette Summer. Jeez. It is. It, was a, it wasn't <laughs> a bad movie. I'm not saying anything bad about it. I'm just saying that his hair was dyed blonde for Corvette Summer right before he did Star Wars. That's why his hair is so blonde in Star Wars. So. Yeah. Yeah, I love <laughs> that oh, movie. The little things you learn uh, on panels to pixels. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so that was your number two? That was my number two. Yeah, Bucky and Sid, just Sebastian Stan as an actor. All right, cool. And I do agree with that. Sebastian Stan is a really good, a humongous and great actor. My number two would be Sam and his sister's arguments about life. Mm-hmm. They go out there to try to get a loan. And, of course, you know, they go to the bank. And the guy's like, well, you know, didn't Stark pay you? And blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it's like they don't realize. It's like, no, we're not paid for this. And they go furthermore in about their family their family's business and how he's struggling. And that's why they go for that loan. And it showed that their family was always struggling. Mm -hmm. I would say they're a middle-class family that are working. You know, his family was always a struggling middle-class family. And it's kind of hard because, you know, it's his struggles of like, that's why he had the struggles of taking on the mantle of taking on that shield. And, Honestly, in my opinion, he should have taken that and taken it for all its glory because he he deserves it. You know, you know, I I I give it to Anthony Mackie and his representation of being Falcon and being Sam. And, you know, the character itself is very genuine and he portrays it so well. So, you know, I, I just see that as an ongoing thing within this episode. But. 
I think through the next five episodes, I think we see him overcome that. And then he works well with. I, I, I totally agree with, with, with most of what you're, what you're saying. I think, but I, I think we're going to appreciate him taking up the shield more if we see it as an arc rather than him just, just deciding to take it. You yes. know, I yeah. think it's, I think it's going to be more satisfying for us as an audience. Unless he had immediately taken it up at the end of Endgame, mm-hmm. um, which I, I think we could have seen him as having earned it if if he did take it up right at the end of Endgame. But I think that would have put way too much pressure on the end of Endgame to try to show that in a story form of him. You know, if they if they cut to him at Stark's funeral with all decked out in red, white, and blue with the red, white, and blue wings and the shield. <laughs> I, I think it might have been that might have been a little bit more of a letdown. I think we're gonna we're gonna really be satisfied and appreciate the art if if it happens in this season. Yeah, at the very end. We'll, yeah, the, we'll the see art that. of seeing him pick up that that shield because we still got to talk about that guy at the end and we'll talk about him. <laughs> yeah, we will. <laughs> but you you lead right into my number one, which is a little bit more about Sam. And again, I just have to repeat what I said at the beginning. I really didn't appreciate the character development that we got uh, until the second viewing. Mm-hmm. And as I watched the second time, I was like, man, we're, this is really great. We're getting deep insights deep into dives, yeah. these two characters and they're completely separate. And so I, I'm, I really did appreciate it. I was a little bit concerned that they put all that food in the back of the truck while they were in the bank. I was like, what? Aren't you trying to feed people? Why are you just leaving? food in containers out in the sun in the back of the truck that didn't i didn't understand that but maybe the food <laughs> yeah. was well preserved enough or it was a cold day i don't know but i do i i love you mentioned the family tension they had over selling the boats mm-hmm. and that that right there at the end when he's looking at the pictures that are posted in there and uh, you know the bank guy asking him about money was a little awkward yeah that was I mean, I get it that that's what the that's what they're supposed to do. But at the same time, he wasn't asking it under the circumstances of the loan. He was asking like he was having a conversation with Falcon being like, how do you guys get money? And I'm like, dude, you're taking selfies and you're going to deny them. Exactly. The, the loan and all that. And so it just it, it was it was a little creepy to me. And I get in some ways, I also understand what the bank guy is saying, because there, I mean, there might have been some discrimination there. I'm not saying there wasn't. But at the same time, even the bank guy admitted, look, we had to change the way we do things because half the population disappeared for five years yeah. and they're all suddenly back. And now we have to figure out a new way to deal with people who have no financial history for the last five years. Mm-hmm. So I, I that was interesting. Like I said, I think we're going to see more of that throughout the, the series. And it's going to show us those those wider ranging effects that the blip had. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that leads us to your number one. <laughs> well, that would be Bucky and making amends with those he affected while mm. he was the Winter Soldier. So he starts to seek out certain people that while he was the Winter Soldier that he executed. Mm-hmm. And he encounters a- an Asian woman. And she has her own business, and he kind of gets into a nice conversation, and eventually getting into a game of Battleship (laughs) with her. And I thought that was the most wonderful scene I ever saw, because it was like a real good meet-cute connection Mm -hmm. between two people. Now, mind you, he knows a little bit of what was going on between her family and what he had done in the past. 
I don't think she was related to the old man. I, I don't think, think so I think either. They just, I think they just knew each other. So, but yeah. it, it, it is, I, I get what you're saying. It was, it was also, go ahead and finish your thought on, on the date or on this. But the fact that it's like he, we never got to see Bucky meet somebody he mm-hmm. was attracted to. Yeah. And the fact that he gets this kind of opportunity, somebody who challenges him and who's a, of the opposite sex who he finds attractive. Right. And we never got to see any of that. So this is something new for us as mm-hmm. a watcher and somebody who's watching him as a character and him to develop. And I thought that was really cool yeah. for them to show because it's showing that he wants to move on. He's yeah. actually becoming his own person, regardless of his, uh, you know, vibranium arm and <laughs> and everything else. But well, and then it is unfortunate that he walks out on her with no explanation or anything. He's just like, oh, excuse yeah. me. And he just gets up and leaves. And she's just sitting there going. So I, I, I'm with you. I hope they explore the, the deeper. I hope this relationship gets to develop through the through this short season. Same here. Yeah, it, it needs to happen. I really want to see Sebastian Stan's character or Bucky get mm-hmm. involved and just be happy at one point. Because I don't think he, like Steve, Steve actually had that one moment with one person. I think this was Bucky's one moment. And I hope by the end of the season, unlike Steve, it doesn't take how many years <laughs> after he right. comes out of sleep. To make amends and realize that he loves that one woman and winds up going back in time to go see her mm-hmm. and then, you know, achieving that. I'm hoping that Bucky actually does find peace in that and, you know, finding love within that woman. Yeah. That would be amazing. Yeah, it's just it's a lot of story they have to tell in, in, in a <laughs> <Exactly>. short <laughs> amount of time. So so I don't know if that if we're going to get that developed. Tonight. So the, the only note that I have that uh, that we haven't really already talked about mm-hmm. is uh, is that subtle when Torres makes that mention about Captain America being on a moon base. Uh, <laughs> do you think that was a subtle nod to the Umbrella Academy? No. Um, <laughs> I mean, because, you know, there was a secret moon base in the, in the Umbrella Academy, so I thought it was kind of cool. Well, to- I saw this guy with gorilla arms <laughs> and yeah. a huge body. Networks, but uh, <laughs> So the guy at the end, this this Captain America that we see briefly at mm-hmm. the end, uh, I don't I don't understand what's going on there. You have some more information about that? Oh, I do. So, well, at the very end, we do see someone with the Captain America suit, mm-hmm. and the person that's portraying that was Wyatt Russell, which is Kurt Russell's son. Oh, okay. And in the comic book, they took the Super Soldier serum. And injected that into someone, a bunch of candidates. This particular person, who is John Walker, and he winds up passing and having all the attributes of Captain America. So they brand him as the new Captain America. Give him the shield. Give him a new uniform. Now, within the comics, they, you know, Captain America walked away from the name Captain America. They thought he was dead. He called himself Nomad. Mind you, this person was the new, quote-unquote, Captain America. So, within this... Wait, wait. No. Nomad was the old Captain America. Yes. Okay. Okay. Now I'm, now I'm with you. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Nomad, is what, Nomad is what Captain America changed his name to. Exactly. When he Steve put, Rogers. When, when he put down the shield. The shield. And, stuff, and then Correct. someone else was injected with Super Soldier Serum, and they 
and he he put the costume on and carried the shield. Correct. And called himself Captain America. Yep. Okay. Now, okay. now I'm with you. Okay. But that's all in the comics. We don't know how they're going to play that out. It'll be very interesting because the comics do come into play because, as we know as a whole, and I already mentioned this before, Bucky has already, in the comics, had taken up the mantle of Captain America when Steve was, mm-hmm. they thought, was dead. After that, we got this other person who was John Walker, who the government had injected with super soldier serum, and then he winds up becoming the new Captain America and taking the shield. And then, you know, by then, Steve Rogers was so old at this point, you know, he's like, what, 200-something years or whatever it is within the comics, hands the mantle down to Sam in the comics. This is the comics, everybody. So he hands it to Sam, who is Falcon, which we all know, and Falcon becomes the new Captain America, which is, it's been like that for the past three or four years right now. Okay. And it's very interesting. Plus, also, I love the idea of with, uh, with Falcon. We never mentioned this before. When they did this in Age of Ultron, they talked about Redbird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and we get Redbird just the same within this particular episode, too, as well. Redbird in the comics was an actual Falcon, a Red Falcon. Hmm. And within this, they use Stark technology, which is pretty cool. And I really enjoy that. But like I stated before, this iteration of uh, the new Captain America that they feature at the very end is played by Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell. Hmm. So we're going to see a lot more of him within the next, I would say, two episodes. Hmm. And uh, I'm looking forward to it because I'm curious because I want to see this kid without the mask. I want to see how close to Kurt Russell he looks. Yeah, I'm like, just, I'll be interested to see how they play it out, how the, the plot goes. So Yeah. Um, so I only had a couple of quotes that I pulled out that I thought were, were kind of cool. And that was. You, at the, yeah, you got all the quotes. <laughs> at the beginning when, when he's when they're telling him what to do and he says, subtle, got it. And then he just kind of flops out of the plane. And then uh, when Bucky is with his therapist and he starts to, you know, go off from her questions and not answer, she, he's like, oh, come on, really? You're going to do the notebook thing? Why? It's passive aggressive. And I just thought that was kind of funny. I chuckled <laughs> at it every time when he, when he said it. Yeah, I think Bucky had all the good quotes, though. Yeah. <laughs> well, we didn't get any feedback, so, and I'm not going to put any new news. Okay. But uh, on top of that, uh, we should rush into podcast recommendations. Uh, so the only one I've got uh, really for this week is We Have to Go Back, Lost Revisited uh, with Ben and Kristen on, that's a joint podcast from the Next Level, this network, the Next Level Online Network and the Podcastica mm-hmm. Network. They're back this week with their review of Cabin Fever from season four of Lost. And I'm hoping we'll see, crossing my fingers, if I can get a chance to record with them. This fourth season was kind of a short season, so I don't know if they're going to bring me on for the season finale or, or not this time. We'll see. Cool. That'd be awesome. And with that, within the Next Level Online Network, Ben will be releasing soon the Wilhelm podcast. Mm. And look forward to hearing and seeing that. He's doing a lot of things in the background, and I look forward to whatever he's going to be putting out. I anticipate the first episode just as much as you guys. Mm. So with that, also, I could say Paik and Daphne on Run For Your Lives. And that could be found on the Pyrocore Entertainment Network. And 
they just released Grabbers with uh, our friend Derek. Yes, from TV Podcast Industries. Exactly. So I listened to that. I never watched the movie. I think I did a long time ago. I just don't remember it. But a lot of what they uh, brought up actually brought a lot of memories back to me. So I think I actually did watch it. Yeah. Meaning that I only watched it once. <laughs> but check it out. Check them out. They always put out some great episodes. Uh, eventually, we will be coming up on Godzilla King. Uh, or no, not Godzilla King of the Monsters. We're, we're going to be doing... Godzilla versus Kong. I believe they are next week. Though they will be doing Godzilla King of the Monsters, so I've got to watch that again. Uh, I already and covered that with them. So yes, they have to release it. To what, me they, on yeah, there. what they what they do is that they're going to release it next week. All right, cool. So, so that's, look and, forward to me being on Godzilla versus King of the might, Monsters. Yeah, you might get in contact with them about being on the feedback because they do their feedback on Friday on Fridays. So so I'm going to do feedback on my episode with them. You can't. It's up to you. I mean, that's what they that's what they do. They record the episode like weeks ago, and then when they whatever week they release it, they do their feedback. Oh, should I they should I do that? Like, hey, my name is Mark. How no, no, are no, you no they actually they do a podcast <laughs> and they tack it on to the end of the Run for Your Lives podcast. I know, I know. So, okay, but, but I was a guest on. I'm, I was a guest on that episode, so it'd be funny if I yeah. go, "Hey, I'm Mark." He's <laughs> This movie sucked. (laughs) That's what I want to do. That (laughs) I don't know. This has gone way off the rails now. I was just suggesting if you want to jump on with the the feedback portion of the episode with them. Yeah, I know. So uh, I I know. Derek didn't get a chance to do that for grabbers. So yeah, Uh, I I had a good time doing that as far as like uh, covering Godzilla King of the Monsters. So check them out when they do come out with uh, Godzilla versus Kong. Yep. I'm hoping to be on because I, I just I've been I, anticipating this movie for so long. Oh my yep. goodness. Very cool. So but uh check them out. Run for your lives on the Pyrocore Entertainment Network. You could also hear me, and I'm not gonna say this again later on, but <laughs> you could find me on Adrenaline Cinema Podcast. And we cover action adventure, pure action movies thrill and suspense movies on that particular podcast on the Pyrocore Entertainment. Hopefully we're going to be releasing soon John Wick 2 with Kat and myself. Highlander with I'm not sure who's going to be the host. So Steve, are you <laughs> confirmed yet? I, I'll, I'll do Highlander with you for sure. Let's just let's, right. let, let's hook that up. for let's just, let's just do it. Yeah. Alright. Fine. Well, <laughs> it'll be Steve and myself on Highlander. 1986 Highlander. And then oh, after it that, wow, yeah, <laughs> 1986. <laughs> so after that, you could hear myself and Ben will be covering Face Off with Nicolas Cage and John Travolta. Nice. So we'll be covering that particular movie. So check that out. You could always check in onto panels to pixels podcast.com or go to our Facebook page, which would be facebook.com slash panels to pixels and you could find information regarding that so with that you know you could find us doing other things and we'll always keep you apprised of what's going on with adrenaline cinema there so with that we're going to move into feedback so how could people actually submit their feedback for panels to pixels well you just gave them a number of ways that they can do that you can do that through our our website which will redirect you to our facebook page so you go to panels to pixels podcast.com it'll redirect you to our facebook page which is just 
facebook.com slash panels to pixels. We have an email address, panels to pixels one at gmail.com, panels to pixels one, the TO spelled out right in the middle with the number one at the end at gmail.com. Or you can go to our YouTube page, as Mark just pointed out, go to the panels to pixels podcast on YouTube. Give us a thumbs up. Uh, you can comment about an episode there and hopefully we'll see it and we will read it. Uh, next week, I will be pulling double duty as Daphne and I will wrap up Snowpiercer season two. And then Mark and I will uh, be here for the next episode of the Falcon and Winter Soldier. No title as of yet, as of my last checking. So we're probably, they're probably going to do the same thing they were doing with WandaVision. They won't release titles and synopses until the episode drops. Awesome. Uh, so I, I well, think that's the episode, isn't it? That's it. That's it. Uh, you know, I call in voicemails to various uh, podcasts. The Walking Dead cast is back with these last few episodes of the, the Walking Dead season 10 coming up here over the next few weeks. Uh, you can hear my voice there. I'm going to be on Adrenaline Cinema podcast with Mark. Yep. Here shortly. Other than that, Mark's already given his podcast. So I guess that's all for tonight. Yeah, that is. So I just want to thank everybody for listening. I'm Mark. And I'm Steve. And this was Panels to Pixels. And we'll see you on the next panel.